Hey, Ben. Yeah? We've got a sponsor this season. We How have. exciting. It's brilliant. And But it, the main thing is this is a sponsor that really is everything that we're about, right? You've had first-hand experience. I have indeed. Fiona Lam uh, was introduced to me two years ago. She helped me open my mind through hypnotherapy to find a relationship. And she's helped my, my, my... She's changed my life. And she's brought out a brand new Mind Detox app, which helps you meditate. And I couldn't be prouder and happier to have it on board. Oh, it's a perfect fit. And if you want to download that app, you can go on to the App Store and Google Play. It's called Mind Detox, and the, the values are in line with us. It's happiness, love, and fun. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Naked Professors podcast. Hey, Matt, you're right. I'm good. I'm well. Actually, that's that's no. such an easy thing for me to no. say. We slip I, into um, it, don't we? I slip into it. I'm yeah. I'm not great. I'm not great, and you'll find no. out later on why yeah. I'm not in the best of uh, mindsets and moods today in my check-in, um, mm. which is a very powerful one, isn't it? Mm, it was actually really powerful. I didn't. I didn't. It's amazing to actually check how you feel. You sort of yeah. Just, you, and we and we did. We really checked in on this episode, didn't we? Yes. Um, yeah, it was I, just I, nice. I thought. I felt very conscious of my checking um yeah. but i'm glad that i did it it was part of our therapeutic process i think and it led to us to have a a wonderful conversation with the pro football and businessman thomas hal robson Carnu. yeah so thomas's story is an amazing one this is a he was a prodigy footballer um but his life's evolved massively. He's still playing football, but his kind of purpose has come alive in another direction as well. And it's a fascinating story with massive health benefits. And I've got my own story that connects me to what he talks about. So for me, it was a really, really interesting one. And um, yeah, I just I think he's a very articulate and interesting man and great to have a football on board to, to get into this conversation. You're right. It's good to have a footballer. We we desperately wanted to get the right guy from that field of work to talk about and to be vulnerable with us for yeah. a while, haven't we? Yeah. So here he is. Enjoy. Welcome to the Naked Professors podcast with me, Matt Johnson, and my lovely co-partner extraordinaire with wonderfully long hair, Ben Bidwell. <laughs> How are you all? We hope you're all very good. We've got a wonderful guest today, a very special guest uh, in the world of Welsh football and beyond. Uh, it's a very uh, huge privilege to, to introduce Thomas Hal robson Kanu. Hi, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, guys. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for coming in. It's our first footballer. Yeah, I yeah. first. I can't wait to talk to a footballer. First and foremost, and a Welsh one, and a all Welsh one. All your dreams come true. Tick, tick for me, and obviously talking about mental health and your experiences and uh, your wonderful new business venture that mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be talking about too, um, which is very interesting. Uh, but first, um, do you know uh, about a check-in, uh, the check-in thing that we do? You're going to tell me all about. I'm going to tell it, you all so. about it. So. Um, um, usually we start a uh, new show with a three-word check-in uh, that best uh, those words best represent how you feel in that moment and then with a brief explanation. We'll start, so then you can just follow the lead. Um, I'll do mine first mm-hmm. uh, because I think I need to get mine out of the way first. It's mm-hmm. been a bit of a busy week for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to check in today with um, huge sadness. Um... um um, very a very empty feeling. Uh, I'm going to do four check-ins, four words, if that's mm, okay. Um, angry, and um, and a little bit scared about doing this podcast, considering I have all those emotions going on. What happened um, uh, on Saturday? My my friend took her own life, and we know her as Caroline Flack, um, the TV presenter. So I am 
because of that i'm feeling all of these things i've been through a bit of a week of feeling very very angry about lots of different things which i won't go into now and um and scared because i didn't want to do this today i was like i'm gonna stay in my gym jams like i have all week and i'm just gonna be in my little cocoon of feeling everything checking in with myself and all the stuff that comes with grief and loss but um i'm glad that i'm here I'm, I'm i'm feeling like me talking about this right now is helping i think i i'm glad that i'm here i mean good it's like therapy this this podcast so this is why i'm here and i you know, pushed against it but i feel vulnerable but that's a good thing and i'm in a safe pair of hands uh, when i'm talking about this type of thing so i feel better for saying it out loud so that's my check-in um and now I'm feeling a bit more calm, so that's me. I'm in. Mm. Thanks, Matt. Nice. Um, how am I feeling? Um, yeah, there's, there, I'm. I definitely feel a bit scared as well, if I'm honest, Matt. Um, I don't know. I feel uh, suddenly much more conscious of my voice. That when you're, you know, things matter. Yeah, that that everything is is very serious. Um, I don't know, and 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 that scares me. It's just I don't explain that very well, but just as an element of you know, people are listening, and our, our voices matter. Everyone's voices matter, and people are people are taking on board what you say. And yeah, that's a scary thought. It is a scary thought because there's there's challenges out there for a lot of people, and these conversations matter and, and kindness matters and yeah and it's I it, it it scares me that there are people out there who, who are struggling in as we found out with Caroline mm. and how much impact words are having um, and I think that brings up a whole lot of emotion for lots of people and we're suddenly in this scary space for me so I, there is a, there is just fear and I haven't really elaborated on that because I'm not quite sure if I'm honest where it goes or what it means but I'm definitely more conscious after what you said as well just how impactful all this stuff is and how important it is um, I also I I I felt a bit triggered this morning I uh, I got a message on Instagram uh, that I don't often get them but it wasn't a particularly nice message it was it was it was it wasn't horrible horrible but it was it was um, it was just sort of questioning sort of my integrity a little bit and you know i'm i'm an advocate who says you know people's opinions are what they are don't let them impact you but you know that hit home how much impact they can have when you read these words because you you know my ego immediately was kicking off who this who's this person saying this stuff you know how, they they don't know what i'm about why why are they saying that and i wanted to make them wrong you know and probably brought about some of my own insecurities as well are they right are they, maybe they're right. Are they right? I don't know. You know, you start asking questions about yourself. So all in all, there's there's definitely a lot of emotion inside of me that I'm feeling. And um, again, like you, Matt, this is a nice space to come in and vocalise that. I'm a big believer that when I speak from my heart, then I can't go too wrong because it's the truth. And and I'll own that at all times. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot going on, I think, inside of me at the moment as well. Okay. Um, so thank you for creating the space to share that as well. I appreciate that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Nice one, guys. I think obviously covering what we're going to be covering today, I think this is very relevant for, for, for the listeners and obviously for us um, to, to show that, that, that level of vulnerability that we are all human beings at the end of the day. Um, 
from my perspective, I'd say um, I think every day you wake up with a level of uncertainty because you're not really sure what life is going to throw at you. Um, so how I feel today, definitely, you know, uncertain, you know, what's ahead, um, that level of vulnerability, but at the same time acknowledging it by accepting it um, <clears throat> with what I do as a professional athlete you know you said about receiving that message today I receive hundreds of those daily um, whether it's after a game you know before a game and a build-up to a game um, being 30 years old now I've learned mechanisms to, to deal with it and and it's you, you go you sort of end up saying as a professional athlete it's part and parcel of things um, but you know what what everyone has experienced and you know you 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 experienced it firsthand over the weekend and what you said with regards to you know Caroline Flack taking her own life but that that is just it, it shows that the impact of how um the environments and structures which we live in today the actual impact that they can have on on people and and how you feel inside um and so should we just say it's part and parcel of it as a professional athlete or as a person in in the public or can we be doing more about it um so yeah so first one obviously uncertain second one as i said being in the the profession i am i'm in and and the commitments which i've dedicated to in terms of businesses which i'm involved in um i feel pressure um on a daily basis, on a hourly basis, on a minute-to-minute -minute basis, whether that's the team relying on me, the business relying on me, um, you know, the fans relying on me. Um, so, how do I feel today? Yeah, I feel I feel pressure. Um, uh, looking forward to doing this podcast with you guys, but again, um, you know, there's a level of, a level of uncertainty around it. And and as we said at the beginning, we're all human beings, and we all have feelings, and we all have emotions. Um, and the final one, um, I would say <clears throat> the biggest uh, one for me is is gratitude. I, I feel grateful. And, and I think that's the biggest element of emotion where you can combat all other emotions. Um, I'm grateful for the position that I'm in. Um, I'm grateful for the, the hard work, for the experiences that I've experienced throughout my life and, and what I'm experiencing to, to this day. Um, I'm ex uh, I'm grateful for, for for those who I have around me, um, and I think that would be the the, the final uh, check in of of how I'm feeling. Mm. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Everything is welcome. We've said this a few times before, and um, and and it actually we always we don't rely on the check in to guide us to where we're going to go, but it always kind of organically happens. And just picking up on what you you said about. You know, Ben having a message this morning and I myself have been in the public eye have received numerous messages that you don't want to see and um, you say you have, you have hundreds on a daily basis. It, it must be an incredible amount because football fans are very vocal and very passionate, it's very tribal and, and you said you had mechanisms and tools to deal with it. Can you Could you share your your mechanisms? From, from my perspective, I think when you're a young professional um playing in the public eye you know I was sort of 19 years of age playing in front of 30 40,000 people um, and what you realize um, as you begin to experience that on a regular basis is that everyone has an opinion and ultimately 
everyone is not going to have a similar opinion to you. Um, there's going to be uh, differing uh, spectrums of that opinion. Um, and some opinions may may feel like they, they hurt you. They, they may be, you know, not, not what you want to hear or, um, you know, not what you thought was your reality or your perception in that time. Um, so accepting that everyone has an opinion is the first mechanism of um, dealing with, you know, a message like that, you know, like that you've received today. And it's, and it's yeah, okay, well, you know, you, you, you have you have that opinion, but ultimately that doesn't affect my beliefs. So acknowledging everyone has an opinion and then having a level of belief in what you what you're about or what your core is um, ultimately um, allows you to 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 to, to accept and, and to, to, to let go. Um, and having that level of freedom allows you, for example, in professional football to to go out a week in and week out and play in front of 34 to 40 you know 70,000 people um at the euros you know i think the game was watched by you know 5 million people it it's it's you you're able to do that without a, a weight or feeling or burden um that that can come with it and i think uh, it, it's it's very important for, for for you to to have that internally um but it's not something which is you know as as spoken about or as you know um common um a lot of people will deal with it in in very different different ways which sometimes can can be detrimental mm. so is it is it a case of of you being more on track of your own path that other people's <coughs> opinions can't you're so on track you know what you're about you know what you're capable of you know your purpose that other people's opinions are just going to kind of come in and hit you and but you stick to what you're about and what you know yeah, I think that that's the ideal, but <clears throat> the 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 world the world can be a tough place to live in. So your values or your beliefs may get questions at some time. You may question your own beliefs or your own what you were what what you thought was your reality. Um and so it's it's about accepting more that um yeah, look like this is everything's not going to be smooth sailing everything's not going to be you know perfect week in and week out you're not going to win every game of football but if you can try your best if you can you know uh, give your best to the people around you if you can you know on a daily basis uh, work hard and, and and have your own values then I think then it then you can you know begin to to get to the level of, of what you what you said mm. there is an element of yes it's good to be able to deal with life and even people will disagree with you, etc., and all that. But when it comes to the abuse that you would receive or other footballers might receive and people in the public eye receive, there is an element of um, people that people would say, well, you've signed up for that. That's part of mm. the game. Mm. You know, I know I've had, you know, what are you going to moan about? You've signed up for this mm. life, you privileged, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, what, at what point does it, where does it get to when it's just actually well no I don't have to have a mechanism for this this mm -hmm. is just wrong mm -hmm. when is enough enough mm. what do we do yeah that's a that's a very good question I think within football at the minute we're obviously experiencing um, some very dark issues around racism um, uh, you know diff different countries and even you know in the UK this past week um, there's an incident of, of, of racism and it's, it's like <clears throat> at this moment in time 
ultimately, if you're at a game and someone is abusive towards you um, or uh, shows a level of, for example, discrimination, uh, that generally can be dealt with there and then. But the issue resides in, for example, for us in the age, the digital age that we live in is, you know, social media. Like, how do you um, how do you offer a level of regulation around social media without becoming a tyranny where everyone is you know no one can say what they think mm. because there has to be a level of free thought within well there has to be free freedom thought, of speech freedom of speech yeah. so <clears throat> i think that just with regards to that there has there has to be accountability now the issue with social media at this moment in time is that there there is zero accountability in terms of abusive messages um uh, um, discrimination um, towards people uh, in various dif- different walks of life and towards people in positions of, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, high, high, high profile, high profile positions. And I think from from that perspective, there needs to be something there needs to be something done about it. And I would say that um, in the financial world, you have something called know your customer. Um, KYC they call it and essentially you have to 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 be involved in a platform say for example a you know a bank or a you wanted to get a mortgage you would have to declare your identity to 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 have to be involved in in that system in that ecosystem in my opinion I think all social media platforms should um, apply KYC because once you apply that then you are directly accountable for what you say. If you're discriminatory, if you're abusive, then you can be reported. Um, but the issue right now is that anyone can create a random account yeah, and will, you know, of accounts, hundreds yeah. of mm. accounts, and and they'll, you know, uh, spew abuse at people and, uh, you know, create a, a narrative which can be very harmful. Mm-hmm. But there's no accountability. So, in my opinion, I think that is something which needs to be implemented. And the likes of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they should all have know your customer. Mm. Have you had raci- racist abuse? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on on social, again, you can you can report it. But who is it? Unless it's a, unless it becomes at the minute, unless it's a, a physical level of abuse, um, it's. It can be quite difficult to 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 for, to get the authorities to really uh, hone down on that profile, but then the profile has no um, uh, no identity other than their IP address. So, if it's a serious crime, then they can track your IP address. But that costs the the services, the go- the governments, the you know the powers that be money. So they, it's very difficult for them to do that unless it's a really you know a, a physical issue essentially. This is the big what? issue. The, the policing is the, the the thing that's apparent. Where there are lots of well tens of thousands of police being taken off the streets over the last ten years, um, which we all know about. And, and whoever did that, we all know that should be accountable for that. But the reason, one of the reasons why that happened was because more policing needs to be um, done through social media and data protection now there's lots of policing needed to be there so that you you're right there needs to be a high level of protection for people on f- facebook twitter instagram tiktok wherever they mm-hmm. are on um because abuse is abuse mm-hmm. if you said that to somebody in the streets you could get 
um, arrested for a hate crime, but mm. if you say it online, you can get away with it. And you're absolutely right. And uh, that seems to be the issue there with financing and where you put your money within mm. the police force. And it's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. What saddens me is that we're even having this conversation. You know, that there's a need for this conversation. And that, you know, as human beings, we're hardwired to be kind. Mm. And what, what, where does all this come from? What, what is this need to, to, to abuse someone online, to, to, to put people down? What, where, why Why are we, I mean, uh, we, could, we could be going off on a huge tangent here, but why are we doing this to each other? I, th I think um, from my experience over the last 10 years where Twitter and social media has really taken off, we've, uh, we've been allowed to have an opinion. Uh, our voices can be heard. All of a sudden you can actually tell your, your favourite footballer whether he's great or whether you think he's shit for the day or whatever. You can actually do that and people actually read it. So it's... It's a wonderful experience, and I and I don't think people have yet to catch up on their accountability for what they say. Mm. So, for example, I know with Caroline, the fear of the the tirade, the tsunami of judgment that was to come from a court case, mm. was her greatest fear. Mm. What people thought about it was huge. A, there's an issue with do we should we really give a fuck what people think about us and why should we value their opinion that's one thing but then you have the you have somebody gene from sheffield who says you look like a slut um but it's only me for gene from sheffield but when you add that to thousands upon thousands of people it becomes something it becomes as weighty as a abusive article mm -hmm. that spewed the idea and we value your comments you know we i did it on this morning for years we we read out comments from the people and it was a great thing even on the news we had um it was a great filler for time because like you're rushing to get to fill a news program then you go okay thank you mr mp and thank you for the expert advice but now we're going to go to sharon in st helens to see what she thinks about it but in reality that's great and it's an important part but her opinion isn't as important as a professional's but what happens then? You give people a voice, which you, which I'm really all about. I'm all about freedom of speech. But what happens is if you don't have accountability with that voice, it gets lost. And, and people, whether you say something great or something bad, it has ramifications. And, I, and I, the whole culture behind social media needs to shift in that direction. And, 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 and I, I believe that's what it is. It's, it's a case of somebody not really valuing their voice saying what they think, mm -hmm. thinking, ah, oh, it's only just my opinion on this. Who cares? They should have a tough skin because it, it's the line of work that they've chosen mm -hmm. and not realizing how important your voice is. Like you say, with with regards to mental health awareness, your voice is important today. Mm -hmm. People are going to listen to this. Your, mm -hmm. your voice is incredibly important today. People are going to listen en masse. Yeah. So words are important, even if you are Jill from St. Helens, because it does matter because I've lost two friends because of it. Yeah, and I think like that, what social media has done obviously it's been a phenom it's been phenomenal for for us as a civilization mm -hmm. to think you know when we were all kids there, there was no such thing as that we just about had tvs um but i think definitely with regards to um when 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 individuals are um participating in social um you almost it allows them to forget that they're communicating with humans mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because <clears throat> if that person who was being abused was here right and now yeah would they say that to another human being like you said we're, we're hardwired to be kind it's that disconnect it's that disconnect yep. so the, the issue is is that social media has created that level of disconnect where you almost lose that human feel mm -hmm. um and i think 
that combined with the the lack of accountability is can create an environment which which isn't a positive one mm. um and i think we want as a civilization we should all strive to be in positive environments not, not only for us but you know think about our kids think about the next generation so what can we do now to to to, to really affect that and, and and change and i think something certainly has to be done yeah mm. the entire culture and we it's the root of the problem the prevention that we we talk about um yes you have to look at should you really listen to great comments should you really have put so much value in that um because when you can you can get two thousand great comments but, but one could break your heart and i think that's a fundamental mental health issue that we could teach youngsters from a young age to to take it with a pinch of salt and to understand that your words have, have a hell of a lot of meaning because if you, if I wrote something 12 years ago that was um, racist or something, it, I would lose my job now. It's the, Your words are that important mm-hmm. that it's a document in the ether that's so, that has such validation that you could, en masse with other people, cancel somebody so they lose their job and lose their livelihood just by having an opinion en masse. So, mm-hmm. It's a culture, culture, massive societal issue. How does it feel for for you both when you you get a message that's sort of directly and like just touch a wound that's kind of you know is pretty sensitive for you? How, how, when you actually read it, what what goes on inside of you? What do you feel? If you don't mind sharing, d- it really d- depends on on what frame of mind I'm in. Sometimes I can go actively go out and look for it. I did an appeal last year with Twitter where it got like two million views and. I, th- I think all the comments were. It, I was trying to educate people to um, use the block or mute button if if you're being abused. So if somebody's just giving you shit mm-hmm. on Twitter and it's racially racially um, uh, focused, and you have if you're being hurt and you shouldn't, you don't have to see it. You can just block that person. The people that I had, um, there was a certain demographic of people, one hundred percent that came on to me saying you cannot silence us you cannot this is a you're going to create an echo chamber where people will only want to hear what they want to hear at all times we're only saying what we want and it's freedom of speech you can't just block it you have to listen and that's creating a negative culture which i do agree with to a certain extent but like if somebody's abusing you Mm. and calling you names and it's making you depressed or is affecting your mental health just block them and in that moment because it was a tirade of people it was fine because he was just a lot and he's going, oh, fuck off, you knobhead. That's that's fine. But it got to the point where I was I was fully aware of this mass of people that, that now and again I would click onto a Sky News article and it would be something like a a boat has sunk uh, in uh, just near, outside of Italy full of immigrants. And I knew exactly what comments I'd see underneath and I'd go into it and I'd see the, the horrid side of social media. Um and my anger comes from that when I would get involved and engage with that. Um, regarding if I get a negative message, yeah. it hurts. And regardless of who um, who says it or when they say it, you know, if it's a personal attack on you, and uh, uh, to be honest, I I I listened to what you said about um, having people having opinions, and as long as you're true to your own opinion of whatever you whatever you're talking about, that's that's a strong place to be. But um, whenever, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm losing it. My my mind's going off on lots of different things. Whenever I get something personal, if it's in a DM or on Twitter or on Instagram, it does hurt. 
and I and I do want to find out everything about that person, and 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 it can really mess up my day. Mm. I'm I'm lucky though I don't get lots. No. But it's only if I ever do something to stir the pot, or mm-hmm. you know, controversially, I I supported Jeremy Corbyn in the for the local recent elections, and the abuse I got from that was extraordinary. Um, but because he was on mass, it just kind of washed. Yeah. Luckily, mm-hmm. how how do you feel, Thomas, when you get one of those sort of raw, kind of cutting, deliberate things directly about you or your family or? How does it feel? Yeah, I think as a human, it 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 one hundred percent hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, but having been in a profession where, you, as I said, for, from an early age, you, you had to deal with um, the opinions of fans. You know, if you give a ball away in front of fifty thousand people, fifty thousand people are gonna you're gonna hear that groan. Um, and so it's having to having had experienced that early, um, I think the mechanism which I built up was that you just regardless of the the highs or the lows you don't you don't get involved in it so if you you know score a winner um and you'll get getting you know tens of thousands of comments saying yeah amazing amazing you just don't get caught up in it and I think that's that's more from a sporting performance background which has allowed me to develop to, to, to develop that because you realize that it's on to the next one and it's a level of you have to maintain a level of performance and regardless of what you did last Saturday the last month it, it's about the next game so it's about for, for me it's just being able to apply that to you know obviously the, the social world or the, the opinion opinions of, of, of the, the masses which we live in today so regardless of whether we're doing phenomenally or I'm doing phenomenally or you're going through a difficult time, you just don't get um, caught up and engaged in it. Do what's really interesting, sorry. I've never been asked that before, so it's all coming to me. Like, mm. what, what, interestingly, what you said about um, valuing your own choices and then if, if you're okay with that, you, you, everybody's got an opinion, so it's fine. I've only ever been hurt when I didn't... I wasn't happy. So if I was, I presented this live wedding once on Channel 5, right? It was a disaster. And the abuse that I had afterwards was probably very justified. And I didn't have a great day at the office because everything else was going wrong, for example. Um, And I wasn't that, I wasn't that proud of the performance or that gig in general. So when they said something hurtful, Mm. it hurt really bad because it wasn't truly me. And I didn't have an opinion. I did think it was shit. And I and I was shit because of it and all of that type of stuff and it really broke me. I didn't present for a while after that. I kind of came out, um, mm-hmm. and it was it was a difficult time for me anyway. But interestingly, when I have posted something, I believe in it. I believe in um, my political choice here. I believe in this message of blocking people. If you're 16 and you're being tortured by your classmates, tell your teacher or block them on social media or wherever. And I didn't mind. But when so so if it's a personal thing that I, I wasn't too necessarily invested in or sure about or proud of, and then I get battered for it, yeah, that that that's what hurts. So it's mm-hmm. the more authentic stuff. I don't really you don't really care because no, it's you. You're you fine. I'm truth. fine with this truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, it is, which is goes back to what you said originally, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted to ask in terms of of of, of that, you know, you kind of whether it's the highs or the lows. How does that apply in your in your personal life? Do you do you find that you have to almost strip your emotion out of your your entire life, or you're able to kind of step into life, feel the emotions of life? But once you step onto the football pitch, it's kind of 
whatever happens, it, it, let, let's let's keep it kind of to a minimum either way. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I think where, when I'm playing football, I love it. So there's that level of enjoyment and excitement which I have going into every game, yeah. um, regardless of how we're doing or how, how I'm performing. It's, you know, and, and then that goes back to, you know, feeling that level of gratitude just on a daily basis. Like, w- wake up and w- what are you grateful for today? There, there's so many things that you can be gr- you can be grateful for even if you're having a tough time and it's acknowledging that and, and realizing that and um so but it's more about you applying that to your own state so so you have that state of being and then when you're in uh, on the pitch or for example you know even even in family life like you you, you can enjoy it you can be yourself and you can express yourself and um everyone has ups and downs but it's just uh, about having a having a uh, almost like a, a switch for yourself where you can say you know you can almost reset your state and i think that's that's important mm. would you say that you you're very good at not putting everything on that pitch or all the pressure of your life on on your performance and whether you're playing or not because i i know it's it must be really hard if you're injured mm-hmm. is that is that one of the most difficult times because yes mm. playing football putting everything into that everything's going well we're in the Euros for example it's the you know, pinnacle of, of careers that and then injury how do you deal with that? Yeah injury is 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 one of the worst things being a professional athlete because you're not able to generally do what you love to do because if you're an athlete you will have dedicated pretty much your whole life to, to that profession Um so again when you experience an injury or a tough injury it tests you to the core and i think um that 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 that's a difficult place to be in um particularly if you have injuries young which which i had again and for for me personally it was just having experienced all of those things it has allowed me to to live in a, a a state where you know i'm i'm happy with myself i'm you know i I'm, I'm pleased with the state of being i'm in on a daily basis and um but again going towards mental health i think for athletes that's why mental health isn't reported accurately in sport it is i can tell you firsthand it's rife there are pe- there are players and athletes in not only in football but in all sports who are struggling on a day-to-day basis um and it's because they don't they're not able to understand why they're feeling in a certain way and that could be a trigger from a social media post it could be a message from a fan or it could even be a conversation which you've just had with your manager which wasn't what you were thinking um and allowing those events to affect your emotion your emotional state is what creates a you know effectively a spiral which can can at times get out of control and hence why there's so much addiction in athletes where they're looking for a level of release so is it you know gambling is it you know drinking is it because you're 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 looking for a release to the emotions which are built up inside of you but you only have those emotions because you're allowing your environment to dictate those emotions to you um so have so as i said i think living in a state where you, you you control your own emotional state and your own being is is where you where we where you need to get to but it's like how do you actually cre- create that how do you 
um, that there's no teachings on that. We're not taught that at primary school. We're not taught that at mm. high school. And generally, for, for a lot of the time, we're not taught that by our families either. No. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, is, it, it can be difficult. But it wasn't, it wasn't part of the culture for our parents, was it? To, to what we're talking about now. I mean, we all started with a check-in about how we felt. You know, for my parents coming out of the war, Second World War, it, was, it didn't matter how you felt. You, it, life was tough. You got on with it. Like how you felt just interfered and, and, and you know so that wasn't common culture so how we grow up with that so it's natural for everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish that savoury tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I'm at meditation. Uh, for a long time, I did a meditation course, and I still didn't really want to do it. It didn't, it didn't resonate with me until I actually discovered guided meditations, and then that something that talked to me. And finally, I started making progress with meditation, I think about three or four years after I originally did the course, and someone guiding me through it, that was a difference for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I tried for so long to do it on my own. Um, lying down in the living room, on the living room floor, etc., all those types of things. And until I truly tried all avenues, and, and I stumbled across uh, guided meditation, and now we have the Mind Detox app to guide us through our meditations. It really kind of helps us get to the place where we need to be or want to be in that moment. And I'd highly recommend it. It's, it's a minefield out there, isn't it, to try and find the right tool for you? And I think we have. Uh, so if you if you want to check it out, it's called the Mind Detox app, and it's on the App Store and on Google Play and, and it hopefully really help you get to that place. What about this, But you know, at the beginning of this podcast, every podcast we check in, we create that space where we actually just let, let, us, let everyone know how we feel and it feels, I always love doing it, although it can be tough, I love seeing everyone. Do you think there's space for that kind of thing in, in a football environment, in the changing room, to everyone to really be able to, like Matt said, everything is welcome, to truly express what and, and express yeah. their emotion. But that's why the culture within... Uh, most sports and particularly in football is if you go to the manager and you say Gaff I'm, I'm, I'm a bit scared about Saturday's game I'm a bit nervous about it I would say 90% of the managers in, in sport today would deem that as weak Yeah. so you're wow. you're expressing yourself and you're looking for a level of support but by doing that you're seen as weak yeah. and so ultimately that means that you traditionally wouldn't wouldn't be able to do that or even if you're going through a hard time uh, you know I'm having troubles at home you know I'm having you know difficulties with you know gambling or addictions people professional athletes can't speak about that and therefore it builds up inside of them hence why we're we have um quite a quite and quite a severe issue of of, of um you know mental health within suppressed within mental illness yeah, yeah. which well, is that's where the red cards come on would you remember yeah. marla talks you know sort of yeah. a fresh red player talked about he would have anxiety about leaving his family and it would often result in him doing something on the pitch that he didn't want to do because he's got this energy this anger inside of him i don't yeah. want to misquote him exactly but it's, you know it can be translated that way and um whereas if you're able to express it and share it then perhaps that releases it and stops you doing something on the pitch or outside of the mm-hmm. pitch you know in a nightclub or something else that you didn't want to do but mm-hmm. you've got to express this emotion trapped inside of you somehow somewhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get well, that's, it out that's, in a controlled it's way. fascinating you say that because 
I know that the the FA especially are trying to encourage more men talking on the terraces, etc. But if it's not happening at the clubs with the the heroes of the story, mm-hmm. it's not going to seep through that attitude. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the even the statistics would show that that age group of men are the men that are suffering the most in the world. It's the biggest killer for mm-hmm. that age group for young men, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, the the help surely needs to be there and, and that's why I find it very interesting of um, we talk a lot about uh, Craig White's mentorship with the Uruguayan rugby team he kind of brought this mindfulness team unity openness uh, to them and it galvanized their team it brought mm. them all together mm. and, you know vulnerability isn't a weakness is actually if you use it right it can be a great strength mm-hmm. you're not having that inside you bubbling away and that mm-hmm. fear of mm-hmm. of uh, being banished and being judged because of your truth that's a, that's a heavy weight to bear it's mm-hmm. a really heavy weight to bear you said it earlier almost you know you're not free almost when you're on if you're carrying that stuff with you you're not free to express yourself fully mm-hmm. on the pitch mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i just wonder how when it's going to filter in how long it's going to be because it feels like still operating a little bit in the dark ages in, when it comes to sport. It is very much kind of, you've got to get on with well, it. Well, the, the, the sports psychology, I believe, and from my experience, you would know absolutely much more about it than I would, is that they matter about your mind, but it's a, at a performance level mm-hmm. yeah. to get out there. And you know, if you miss, miss uh, your target or give the ball away, you've got to get yourself back up and get back out there and just keep pushing forward, get ready for Saturday or whenever you're playing. Mm. That's the psychology of it. Mm. You've got to be fit, healthy, strong of mind to get out there. Mm. But it doesn't necessarily prepare you for everything else because you're geared like a robot into that one thing like mm-hmm. I was asking you about you know if when that one thing crumbles with an injury mm-hmm. or you get dropped or mm-hmm. you everything else goes to pot mentally and you just can't perform to that level mm-hmm. it's counterproductive mm-hmm. having that machine because we're not machines mm-hmm. but especially footballers are not machines mm-hmm. they're still human beings running around you're mm-hmm. not cyborgs yeah, you've still got all these emotions and everything running through you mm-hmm. I think it's just it, it's it's a generally new concept mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. um, and I think as you said, you know, you look at take take uh, most parents or grandparents. It, it it wasn't really acknowledged or thought about, but because of the advances in you know technology, society, it's we're we're essentially evolving as a, as a race before our eyes, uh, whether we you know realizing it or not. And I think um, it will it will um, it, it it's going to get better, um, but it may whether it's going to get worse before it gets better is the question. Um, uh, because w- what is going to be the point at which we actually look into it um, seriously and take it seriously and, and begin to understand the core root of it. Um, one of my good friends, an ex-footballer, Drew Broughton, he, he, he now uh, coaches young professional athletes specifically with mental health. Um, how to deal with the demands of uh, a professional environment how to demi- de- deal with the the pressures of uh, you know the, the manager your teammates um, family family and and people relying on you and you know you you being the next big thing but not not being quite there yet and so from from that perspective he he's doing some phenomenal work but again from a um, structural perspective if we take you know the organizations around football at the minute i think there's still definitely a disconnect between them and the actual reality mm. i hope like you say that's the we're, we're approaching rock bottom and changes are coming and, and you know if there's any Consolation, which we, you know, consolation is the wrong word, but when the situations like Caroline happen, I just hope that the positives can be changed. Mm. You know that that 
we are starting to take note of some of the ways that we're living and how they're not serving us. You know, we talk about that the abuse on social media. I mean, you know, how is I hope in years to come we look back and go, what what are we doing as a group of humans treating each other like that? Yeah. You know, and, and hopefully change happening, change is happening throughout mm. the. I went to see a comedian the other night. Uh, well, I, I watched it on the DVD as well. Um, and he was like, in 50 years' time, we're going to be saying, oh, I can't believe they let pregnant ladies go on the internet. And there's going to be special internet yeah. areas outside, like smoking is banned. Yeah. And it's so bad, you know. I can't yeah. believe they used to do the internet back then. Did you use the internet? Oh, yeah. my God, yeah, you did. What a horrible thing. <laughs> bad for your health. I, I wonder. I really wonder. <laughs> I think meat is going that way, isn't it? I wonder in years to come, were people yeah. gonna, were you, did you meet so, people who eat meat? You, 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 you used it? to do social media? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. so bad for your health. I can't believe you did it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe. I think, but what you said, what you talked about, I think this is a really valid points about policing, really valid point about um, verification on yeah. social media, mm-hmm. responsibility, accountability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know your your words matter. Yeah, it's incredibly important. Can we can we talk a little bit about your um your journey as well? Because you were a bit of a, a child prodigy footballer mm-hmm. coming through. You mm-hmm. were well, I don't, I don't, I say a bit. I mean more than a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the world was at your feet, if mm-hmm. you like, as a young footballer. And then you encountered injury, which mm-hmm. which which was caused you all sorts of problems. But and Matt and I always like to, love to talk about this. That everything happens for a reason in some respect. And and actually almost through your through your journey you've reached a point where you've kind of alongside football found a new purpose as well is that mm-hmm. is that fair to say do you want to talk us a little bit through your yeah yeah definitely um as a 15 uh, year old um i was playing for arsenal uh, academy um playing for in, uh, england internationally in the youth ranks um but i was quite small at the time um so Arsenal's uh, academy director at the time, Liam Brady, said, "Look, like we, we don't know if you're going to grow big enough to become a professional athlete, and you, you know, it's, it's quite demanding because I was really small." Um, and he said, "Look, if you want to um, sign for another club who's going to give you a level of security in terms of the contracts um, at a young age, then then we'll let you do that, but we'll monitor your progress." Um, and so. We were like, yeah, look, like, I think that level of security as a young professional athlete trying to make it away in the game, and uh, at that state, at that point in time, as a young professional, you have no idea if you're actually going to make it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you believe and you want to, but you you really don't 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 know because you, you've never done it before. Um, so we were like, okay, yeah, sure, let let's let's look at what what options we have and. Fulham, um, Charlton uh, and Reading all came and said, look, we'll give you a four-year contract as a 15-year-old. So professional terms, which is massive because what you've worked sort of from 10 when I first signed for Arsenal up to 15, that's what you're sort of looking for, that Mm -hmm. first step in the game. Um, And the Reading Academy director manager at the time was um, Brendan Rogers, And he took me and my family um, up to Reading and he said, look, this is a, a place where, where, where you can have a route into into football um, and we believe in your talent we think you're a phenomenal player and um, we want to we want to bring you here so ended up signing for reading um, and within four months Brendan actually left to go to Chelsea so he went and took took the uh, Chelsea's uh, academy role which was fantastic for him and obviously set him up for, for his journey in football. Um, and a new academy manager called Eamon Dolan, um, who unfortunately has passed away now, came in, um, and he was effectively like a second father to, to me during my time there. Um, 
began playing um, and in the youth ranks at that time you you generally play with your same age group um, but Reading immediately were like well we want to see if we can fast track you into the first team um, so we ended up playing uh, I ended up playing in the reserves as a 15 year old so I was playing with you know pretty much full grown men um, and I had a few games in the reserves um, and began obviously you know was playing really well and we ended up playing Arsenal um, and Liam Brady Neil Banford were all watching the game and we, we we tore up our arsenal I think we, you know they'd bought in a player for you know five million and he, he just couldn't get close to me at the time and after that game uh, Liam Brady was like look uh, we, 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 we want to bring you back like I think we, we'll we see how you progress over the next year but we're going to look to try and bring you back so I was like brilliant you know I'm enjoying myself um, I've got a route into professional football through Reading and you know as you said the, the world was at my feet and Got to October time, playing in a reserve game, and uh, literally made a few good touches. Uh, the I, I think I pissed off the the centre half, who was a full grown man at the time, and he thought, "I'm just going to nail this young lad." So oh. he um, the next time the ball came into me, he literally knee high challenge, knee through my knee, my knee snapped in half, um, and my cruciate ligament, medial ligament. Um, my, my cartilage all basically ruptured um, and at the time I didn't really understand what had happened I was like you know okay injury must be a, you know a few weeks so knee was swollen as anything and we were like okay well let's go see a specialist so I went to see a specialist in London and he did a scan and they were like you've torn your uh, anterior cruciate ligament I was like okay uh, when will I be back and they were like well no you're going to need surgery for this so I was like Oh, okay. Um, and you're probably not going to play football again for another year. Um, I was like, wow, okay. So that sort of realization dawned on me. So, yeah, it was like, uh, I still wanted to be a footballer. So, I was like, okay, let, let's get through this. So, did the rehab. Um, 12 months later, got back onto the pitch. And uh, within a few weeks of playing games again, exactly the same injury happened. Um, and we went back to the same surgeon and he only found out afterwards, he, he effectively told my dad that, look, he's certainly not going to have the career you thought he was going to have now, um, having these two injuries, um, and you should probably begin looking at a different career path for him. Uh, but being de determined, I was like, look, like, you know, okay, well, let's let's just get on with it. Let's do the surgery and, you know, I'll, 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 I'll work my way back. Um, and he, he effectively said, you know, you're probably never going to play freely again. You certainly won't play about pain again. Um, and yeah, so if, if you want to go ahead with the surgery, you can you can obviously do it. And obviously wanted to do it. Uh, so had the surgery another 12 months out. Um, so went through the whole of the rehab again. Um, and about 12 months later, I began getting back onto the pitch um, and I just couldn't run without pain um, I couldn't do anything without my knee swelling up um, so it was at that time where sort of it was you know, I was sort of 17 now and it was like you know you should be pushing for the first team getting back involved and I couldn't really do it because I couldn't I didn't have the freedom in my body I was playing with pain so every time I went to train it was it was it was very difficult um, and it was a really difficult dark time for me um, so got to a point where I really couldn't play with that pain anymore so I went to the physios and the club doctor at the time was like is there anything we can do and they were like yeah look we're gonna we can prescribe you with um, you know some medication which will take away the the, the, the pain 
Um, so I ended up going on to these anti-inflammatories where I effectively was popping them like Smarties. Um, and they took the edge off the pain, but they didn't help really with the, the swelling. And they certainly weren't a long-term cure, but it was essentially the only option that I had. So began heavily taking these anti-inflammatories and um, within two months of taking them, I began having adverse effects to them. So I began passing blood in my urine. I'd have nausea pretty much every single day. Couldn't really sleep well. Um, so it got to a point where I had to stop taking these, um, but I still wanted to, to, to play football and train and play. Um, so it got to a point where I went to go up the stairs after a reserve game and I literally could not walk up the stairs. I was stuck on the first step because of the, the pain in my knee. Um, and it was at that point where I said to my dad, I was like, look, we, we need to find, there must be something out there. There must be something which can help me, um, which you know ultimately is, is natural and doesn't cause the, the side effects which I was having. So we just literally went on a, a, a two week research frenzy of natural remedies that could help with you know overall health. and. We began coming across all of these different ingredients which we'd sort of known about but wasn't really familiar with or certainly familiar with with the impact that they could have um and again this was you know nearly 15 years ago so the the wealth of information that we have available to us today certainly wasn't there we, the internet wasn't what it was um a lot of the research we did was you know public library books and that that that, that sort of level so but we eventually began coming across things like you know ginger things like pineapple things like, uh, you know, watermelon, pomegranate, and the, the benefit that all of these had um, in terms of the, the polyphenols and nutrient benefit, which isn't really in a regular diet, certainly wasn't in the diet which was prescribed at that time, which generally was like pasta, you know, pasta and beans. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, um, and then came across turmeric. Um, and so we were like, okay, well, let's just get these and let's try and just get these into my system. So took them home and you know bought them took them home and began mashing the the turmeric um into uh, what was a, a mush at the time um and eventually you know over sort of trial and error we quickly turned it into a liquid format um so i began having these shots um two or three times a day um and again as i said it was we only did it because it was the only option that i had um and yeah so within six weeks um I definitely began noticing the, the edge come off my knee pain, um, which was uh, progress. Um, but it was around two and a half to three months where I woke up, um, went to the bathroom, got in the shower, and I just realized that I did not experience pain at all. And it was the first time in probably around two and a half years that that was the case. Um, and when that happened, I was like, surely it can't be these um, so stopped taking them I was like it's help but I want to test it and see if it actually was that so stopped taking them for about two weeks um, and gradually I began seeing the swelling come back in my knee then the pain came back and I was like Let's, we need to start making them again um, and so from that point onwards I've pretty much had these turmeric shots every day of my life um, and they have essentially um acted as my sort of secret weapon um so within six months of that um i broke into the first team another six months after that i made my international debut and a year after that i was playing in the premier league um and that's from 
the experience which I had with the injuries and the surgeon saying he's never going to play without pain again. Um, he's not going to play to the level which he, he wanted to. Um, uh, yeah, I look back and I think, well, I probably would have been quite a good footballer if I hadn't had those injuries. Um, but at the same time, it's uh, I've I've learned a lot and ultimately it's led me to 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 to, to, to founding the Turmeric Company. Um, and the the reason why we did this was over the years, as I be, I was obviously having these religiously, so I'd have you know twenty thirty pre made turmeric shots in my in my fridge um, every single week and. Uh, when my teammates would come round or I'd take it into training, they'd be like, oh, what are you taking? I'd be like, that's oh, just like a health shot. They'd be like, oh, can I have one? Yeah, sure, take it. Oh, I really like that. Can I have another one tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, take it. Oh, I, I'm feeling quite good. Like, what, what was in that turmeric shot? Just like, and I'd say, you know, tell them the ingredients. It was all natural. Uh, you know, we just uh, uh, basically... Uh, crushing and extracting the root from uh, the, the, the ter- raw turmeric from the root and putting it in a blend of other powerful ingredients. Um, and so I began noticing that I would recover quicker than my teammates after training. Um, I wouldn't have as much aches and pains the day after. Um, then we began giving it to, um, then after that, I realized that I went for a period of around, I think it was nearly four years where I didn't have a cold. And so when family members began getting run down, we'd give them some turmeric shots and they would begin taking them. And within two, three days, they'd be like, yeah, the cold shifted. Like amazing. So we'd be like, so it basically became like a sort of uh, a family sort of secret (laughs) recipe, which we'd give to sort of friends, families and and teammates. And it got to a point where four years ago now I was in Harrods and I saw a turmeric shot on the shelf. And by this time, we'd probably ruined about 50 blenders i'd had turmeric stains on my fingers on my father's fingers for the last you know 10 years um and so because I, I don't know if you know if the listeners know what turmeric root is it's a very very hard ingredient to handle hence why people don't really have it that regularly in their diet because it will stain your blender it will you know ruin it because it's so fibrous and ultimately it doesn't taste great and we over time we we perfected the blend where i was actually enjoying taking it but still getting that potent benefit so it got to a point as i said i was in harrods and i saw a turmeric shot on the shelf i was like wow they're finally here like we don't have to make it anymore <laughs> so i bought the whole shelf you know as you do <laughs> t- took them home um and b- b- t- showed them to my family um and we literally all drank them together. I remember the, the day we drank it together thinking this is going to be amazing. And I nearly spat it out. I couldn't believe how watery it was. It was using turmeric powder. Then it was using, you know, um, sugary additives like apple juice. And looking at the ingredients, I realized that what they were doing was effectively a fad. They were jumping on what at that time and over the decade turmeric had grown in awareness so they had released this turmeric shot which really was an apple juice shot with turmeric in it and they were selling it to customers as a turmeric shot and because of the studies and the research which is still ongoing around turmeric but there is breakthrough research occurring um they've just basically tried to to, to market this product and, and sell it and we were like well we've made this turmeric shot we perfected the blend so we can we know how to do it it's it's obviously unique in the market and it's actually impacted my personal health and those around me for the last decade. So 
we just made a decision at that time where look we, we have to bring this to market so we went on from that point on a two-year journey um of setting up a business um building a production facility um to facilitate what we were producing which was which i later found out was extremely you can unique in the market in terms of the processes we used um to to produce this product at scale to the quality which i had been having it which was important to us because that's why we we, we did it um and then you know the brand the marketing the the logistics behind fulfilling these shots which need to be chilled because they're fresh but allowing them to be delivered throughout the whole of the uk 24 hours after ordering and it, it was a an extremely intense journey but we got after two years we got to a point where where we were ready to launch we had trademarked the turmeric co globally um and yeah we, we took our first order online at the beginning of 2018 um and within three months we were supplying england rugby national team with the shots um their nutritionist said he'd been waiting for a turmeric shot with which was actually functional and offered the the, the benefit that turmeric can offer mm. because of its active compounds um we then began supplying some of the top gyms in the uk um, and in london in particular um, who don't stock any other external products um, and a few months after that we began uh, supplying uh, whole foods planet organic and we've essentially, you know, grown grown it from there. And now we're in about 400 independent stores. Um, we're looking at uh, getting this into into retail uh, shelves, so into you know the the big supermarkets. Um, but a lot of that work now is because it was such a premium price point. We had to. It, it was expensive to make, like really expensive. So it had. It was a pre, you know it had that premium price point, but because now we're producing so much of it, our efficiencies and being a young business have now improved so much over this period of time where we're able to uh, through economies of scale begin to reduce the price point. So we're now going to be offering these products at uh, you know an extremely competitive price in terms of what's on the market, mm. but the difference is is that the difference in quality is so significant um with and and that's what we're, we're we're obviously really really excited about it's an incredible story it's, isn't it, it's an amazing story yeah it is it's, and it's like nice when something organically happens like that completely totally yeah it's, it's all come out of the challenge that you had you know <laughs> totally organically and i think it's really important for me to say this is not a sp this is an authentic story this is not yeah because i've got my own uh turmeric story in that i've i've put it out there a lot and I've struggled with hay fever for the last few only developed it in the last three or four years but since we connected mm. um, I was like I should, I'm going to get back onto that term and see if it does mm. anything for me mm. and, I, and, and I, I just added powder which I'm now understanding from you is not as, as effective mm -hmm. but it's inc incredibly helped my hay fever I'm not getting any payment I mean not I don't know who would be paying me for, to do this but just this is an authentic story yeah. that this, this, this really helped me and um uh, it's 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 crazy that this the, the, you know the, these kind of things exist in that kind yeah. of way and they can help I, so I much. I think that what's it's nice about it, like when it worked for you, yeah, and yeah. then you've taken it further. What mm. is the mm. scientific study behind it? What is the the medical reasoning? Yeah, so again, as I said, the the scientific research behind it is continually ongoing, but there has been a number of breakthrough studies. So in regards to the impact that it has on inflammation, mm. now a lot of the disease that we have as a you know society, a lot of the ailments which we suffer from, is due to inflammation of the cells within our, in the human body. So what that means is that if you can find a natural um, 
uh, ingredient which supports that, ultimately it's going to support overall health. Now, I specifically had it because, you know, it, it particularly it helped me because it helped reduce that level of inflammation in my body. Um, but as a uh, as an active compound, it, it also gave me a level of, you know, a nutrients and, and the compounds which are found within turmeric, um, you know, into my system. And it, it ultimately helped in the long term my all round health. So it helped with my immunity. Um, you know, I don't suffer from colds easily. Um, and if I do, I very quickly recover. Um, then in terms of, you know, energy from my perspective, I have, you know, extremely high levels of energy, which is, you know, why I'm now in a position where I'm a professional athlete and also, you know, the CEO of uh, an extremely fast growing business. Um, and yeah, so for, for me personally, they've obviously uh, impacted my, my life greatly. That's why I took them because of the anti-inflammatory thing on you. Mm. I was like, well, if I, it's an allergic New York reaction. Marathon was my big thing. Yeah. So I, I was training for that and and I really was recovering terribly. I was having really bad aches and pains in my calf and where I had metal plates put in mm. much more than four years before. I used to just go and do a half marathon mm. and I'd be fine. But then all, I was really struggling and and turmeric is what, what whenever you google something and you look into mm, it or mm. expert advice from professional athletes friends that i have it yeah. was turmeric yeah and, and that it really helped me out in now the last few weeks though i wish i did it for yeah. the entire training <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. but it did of help me of out. course so now what we're experiencing now is uh, you know, we obviously supply a number of elite athletes. You know, we supply um, nearly 10 Premier League clubs and we're hopefully going to supply a lot more uh, over the next uh, few months. We supply a number of different supports. So, you know, cycling, GB athletics, the, the athletes in there, boxing we supply into. Um, but really, it's the impact that it has on overall health. And a lot of our customers are those people who have experienced, you know, aches and pains and ailments um but are looking for, for for natural remedies and what we're finding now is we're actually having to it's almost like that the market with turmeric because it's such a uh, growth ingredient because of the potential impact that it can have a lot of companies have jumped onto it and are saying okay we'll have this turmeric latte have this turmeric shot but a turmeric shot with apple juice in it is an apple juice shot mm. apple juice is high in sugar so that's sugar we know can cause inflammation so it's almost compound it's, it's uh, having an, a reverse effect so mm. we're now in a position where we're re-educating audience our customers and audiences within the uk and you know last year we we, we made 300 just over 300,000 turmeric shots that's how many we made last year and um the amount of customer reviews and feedback that we have from customers saying i've used your shots you know for for a month you know two, for, for two three months and They've, uh, you know, helped with my arthritis in my fingers. They've helped with my energy. You know, they, I was suffering from a really bad cold. Mm. Um, and so from that perspective, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it, it's amazing for us. But you know firsthand that why other companies have cheapened it by adding extra stuff is because it's really expensive mm -hmm. to do that, isn't Correct, it? It's, yeah. uh, on, mm -hmm. Whenever you do something with goodwill and m try and produce it for a certain small amount of people, you can keep that quality. But mm -hmm. when you want to mass produce anything, yeah. the quality subsides usually. Mm -hmm. And and I, it's changing the value of you know uh, whether I want to spend an extra couple of quid more for mm -hmm. something that's actually going to work mm -hmm. instead of something that's cut corners. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the market at the Precisely. moment. Yeah. And, uh, 
but we're, have, we're have massive you bought advocates. a farm yet where you're going to produce your own turmeric well we, we obviously have I'd probably say we're the, we're the biggest importer of uh, turmeric in the UK I, I think we could probably you know safely say that um, yeah we, we, we're I dealing with tons of no can you grow it in this country or is it no no climate's not right climate's not right so um so yeah yeah, so it's um yeah very much uh you know parts of africa um cuba um they they have very strong growers of of turmeric um but yeah i think we're advocating um that that healthy lifestyle and those healthy choices um it's certainly i wouldn't say it's a a medicine because it's not a medicine it's not a licensed medicine at all and we're not trying to um you know position it as that but what we're saying is that we now are educated enough as a civilization to really acknowledge that what we eat has a direct impact on our health. So mm. adding a turmeric shot, you know, with key ingredients into your daily lifestyle is going to offer a benefit to how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Mm. Um, and from our perspective, the studies which are ongoing around turmeric and its impact on, you know, uh, so many different, um, you know, uh, 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 health, health and health well-being um, is, is just phenomenal. But we know that even in terms of, you know, what, what's happening now with veganism and, um, you know, understanding the, the impact of various food types that you eat. Um, I think it's it's just uh, we're advocates for, for all around general health from nutrition. Yeah, I think it's kind of going full circle with that. Before long, we will have um, allotments in our gardens. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll be going to butchers and greengrocers mm-hmm. because the quality uh, that we will crave because we will be missing massive nutrients because of mass production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just a mindset. It, it goes to how much you want to care for your body. I, I had the same thing. I released a, uh, a journal, a check-in journal, just before Christmas, and, and somebody actually direct messaged me and went, I think 22 quid's a bit expensive for, for what you get. It's just a journal and with your checking in or whatever. And my answer was, I, I hear what you're saying, um, but if we wanted to really cut corners, the quality of it will be terrible mm-hmm. and, and the standard would be very low. And also it's the mindset of, it's the price of a Domino's pizza. What, mm-hmm. you know, it's, the, it's like anything really. You, you, I don't know how much your, your shots are, but I'm sure it's not um, half as much as what a pint of beer costs. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I know what I'd yeah. rather put inside me. Mm-hmm. Beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that mindset. It balances mm-hmm. out. It's just putting your health and, and putting your mindset and everything first. And it must be lovely for you after having... Maybe you've had other avenues of... Um, other sources of happiness other than football. But mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to... When you're giving all of your life to one thing, something else come up and you go, oh... There is life after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got something to do. Definitely, definitely, and particularly something w- w- which we're so passionate about. You know, the business is—it's a family-run business, and we want to keep it that way for as long as possible. Um, and and we're proud—we're uh, proud of what we've done with, you know, a, a relatively small team, but a team who's committed to to to, to the journey that we're on. Um, and and we're educating audiences, but but bringing a a a high quality premium product to to people in all walks of life um, at at now a reasonable price is is something we're very excited about. I think it's it's a really it's a beautiful story and I think it's a it's a really nice lesson for for everyone in in some respect in that you faced the challenge and rather than it defining you you know you've investigated investigated I remember hearing you talk about you know this 300 page template of of, of Mm -hmm. superfoods that Mm -hmm. you went through trying all these different things tried it tried it tried it reached a point where you found something that that helped you and now you're using that information that you did all the research 
passing it on to other people. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a great message in there for everyone who's facing challenges. Mm-hmm. You're, that challenge is a massive opportunity for you to, to get to the bottom of it. You use that as motivation for you to get to the bottom. You can help other people in the future overcome mm-hmm. that. And that perhaps is your purpose. You know, that, and mm-hmm. From my own perspective, I've ended up a, 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 as a coach because of the challenges that I went through because I listened and I decided that there was work that I needed to do to improve myself as a person. It's so often the case with coaches, but I think it's, it's so often, you know, if you're sh- struggling in an area, what's that trying to teach you mm. as a person mm. rather than poor me, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I can't play football anymore, that's mm. it, I had an injury, everyone's mm. against me, I'm going to mm. resort to gambling instead. Mm. Uh, actually, well, let's go to the bottom of this and then it comes full circle. You're now in a position where you've done so much of the research, the mm. hard work to pass this information on to other people. I think it's just a beautiful story and a, and a really lovely lesson. Mm. It is. Um, and I also love the fact that we, we've had a chat with a footballer and, and there's vulnerability oh. and... You We've know, been trying to get a footballer <laughs> for a long time, and I'm really glad it's you. That was a wonderful conversation. Thank very, you. Very, very, very well thought out Pleasure and articulate. Guys. I really appreciate it. Thank mm. you very much. Pleasure to be on here. Pleasure Thanks for coming on, my friend. Thanks, Thanks very much. much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck in the summer, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a, an incredible chat for me, Ben. What do you think? Such an interesting story, isn't it? Yeah. I, I love the way his whole kind of, you know, he could have he could have really fallen off the wagon at what fifteen, sixteen when yeah. his injury happened, and you know, poor me, victim, and and you know, let's be honest, football has been a massive thing for him. It's been an amazing thing for him, and he may never have had that if he didn't discover this crazy venture that he's been on and discovered. I mean, it sounds crazy. I feel kind of strange saying it, but if he didn't discover turmeric, I don't know where he his life would have gone. Isn't it? Wild and, and also, by the way, we are not endorsing or being paid by no, the, the Turmeric Co. It's, it's just a fascinating story of a quest for wellness and just yeah. not giving up. Yeah. He didn't stop. He yeah. went and pursued and s- scoured the earth for a natural, natural way to fix his body. And I find that admirable. Yeah, I had no idea about that part of his life. No, I know him from scoring an incredible goal yeah. in the Euros four <laughs> years ago. And yeah. being a wonderful footballer and, and actually a good guy, I, I've I've seen that yeah. through his interviews, etc. But um, sitting down and throwing that big weighty check in on him as well for me, as I'm a bit sorry, Al. I know you've come in to talk about your stuff, but I've got some stuff too today. He did say, didn't he? At the end, he said, "God, you kind of threw me on, threw me that one. That was pretty." <laughs> and we did, didn't we? Because both, yeah, it was. And of course, I should have been much more aware there's going to be a huge check-in for you because it's it's you know the, everything that's happened and it's very raw still um yeah it was but yeah he, he he's very articulate and, and very interesting man isn't he yeah yeah and he's very helpful very especially helpful. talking about social media yeah. being under that spotlight was uh, uh, a big thing for him and, and he gave some very intelligent answers yeah and matt hold on this is this is the end now the end of so series what? two oh see oh end of the series <laughs> Series two. Oh, don't sack me <laughs> uh, it's been a, it's been a good one all men ben all men yeah. this series yeah we've had some pretty interesting conversations haven't we well i think some of the best convos i've ever had in my entire life i agree with that you know I totally um, agree. just uh mark piet yeah oh, God, incredible was, yeah johnny wow. the boxer yeah god that was yeah, emotional. powerful. Yeah, and and of course Michael Maisie, like yeah. one of my favourite chats I've ever had. Yeah, 
Two egos coming together, colliding, sorting it out on the spot. Yeah, that was cool. I love that. That was watching you teach us. But every comment, you know, Sam Thompson was there. Every every conversation touched me in some capacity. Yeah, it's always it's 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 amazing. They've been very different, haven't they? And it shows all the different spectrums for me. I mean, kind of rounding this off, the different spectrums of masculinity. Everyone is different. Everyone's unique. Everyone's got a different flavour. Everyone's got a different challenge. Everyone's got different passions. There's so much. We haven't had any similar conversations, have we? Really, everyone has been different. Which makes for a wonderful 10 series to come. That's it. We're going to come back with a, another series. We're not sure if it's going to be one gender, mm. um, what the angle is or whatever, but we will continue the conversation about mental health, making uh, people feel less alone mm. with that difficult conversation and also trying to help people realise that vulnerability is indeed one of our greatest strengths absolutely we're off to brainstorm aren't we yeah yeah and if you've got any ideas about who you'd like us to interview let us know Um, and please like comment share subscribe do all of the things and we'll hear from you soon you'll hear from us we'll be back soon it's not gonna be long it's not gonna be long like last year we're not gonna mess that one up we are gonna come in soon as possible yeah we'll be back soon thank Thank you you, for your support thank you Matt do you ever suffer from panic attacks or have anxiety and it's those are the questions that I feel a lot of people uh, across the UK and across the world could answer yes to at the moment couldn't they anxiety was a big one for me for sure and um, I just didn't know what it was I didn't didn't know how to help myself I didn't know why it was there and um, yeah the Mind Detox app that is our sponsor now uh, has got a free panic attack and anxiety meditation guided meditation that will really help you understand that and change your state for, for, for the better I think if you if you haven't tried this already, go onto the App Store, go onto Google Play and check it out. It's called the Mind Detox app, and uh, like like me and Ben would say, it's it's helped us, and we hope we can help you too.